Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello from sunny St. Augustine, Florida. I'm coming to you live and direct. Um, It's loud here. I am definitely missing my country vibes. I don't think I'm cut out for neighborhood living because every single time I go to record or do a video or do anything, there's some kind of ruckus, whether the neighbors start their yard work or... I don't know, like a flighter jet goes overhead. I don't even know what's happening here. I've seen more helicopters in the past two weeks than I have in my entire life. So it's very noisy. Um, With that said, I am in the bathroom recording this intro. So you're welcome for the echoes. I wanted to share with you this video, uh, the the recording of a video that I did on Instagram because it was so well received that I was like, hey, you know, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I still want you to hear what I have to say. And it's all about sugar and uh, carbohydrates, but mostly, mostly sugar. Got a lot of questions about sugar, so I wanted to make sure I addressed them all. This is part one of a series, so we will release upcoming um, recordings here as well. So you can get the whole, the whole full picture. Um, first I want to tell you about the carb compatibility project because it starts in May at the point of this recording, we already have 21 people signed up. So people are ready. They're excited. One, one person said this time it's my turn. And she said, I wasn't going to sign up last time and then I missed my spot and I was so disappointed. So this time it's my turn. And I I love that. I freaking love that. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about the program because here's the deal. Blood sugar dysregulation essentially hamstrings all of our other health goals. So I don't care if it's adrenal health that you want, if it's thyroid health or hormone balance, if it is weight loss or aesthetic goals, if it's cognition, if you have brain fog and you just want better brain health, whatever it is, energy, right? If you have dysregulated blood sugar, you cannot achieve any of those goals. So that's why I created the CCP. It's not just because I like to talk about carb grams. It's because this stuff is so important. And I found myself in private practice, you know, I've I've worked with clients for 10 years and I found myself, I kept coming back to these same principles. Every single time I started working with somebody, I would be like, well, first we have to regulate your blood sugar. And so this is why I created the Carb Compatibility Project. It's because this stuff is so important and it's really hard to move the needle on anything else if your blood sugar is dysregulated. So start here. 
and I offer it at less than half the cost of working with me. So you get, it's a four week program and you get access to tons of bonus content for less than half the cost of working with me one-on-one for a month. So I do try to keep it really competitively priced so we can open it up and make it accessible to more people because why this stuff is important, right? So my intention is that you're going to get the practical strategies for reducing or regulating your blood sugar. So if you have high blood sugar, we can help to regulate it. If you've got low blood sugar, principles in this program will also help to regulate it. So we've got meal plans, we've got recipes, we've got a lot of information. We also have workouts as an added bonus. My besties, Blaze Yoga and Pilates and Steamhouse Yoga and Pilates have an online streaming platform that you get access to. So you get yoga and Pilates and weight training and interval training. And this is really important, especially if you have that high blood sugar picture. This is really important to consider um, how you're moving your body and the intensity at which you move your body can really help to balance those blood sugars. Uh, But beyond that, beyond the practical strategies, because we always have to do the practical strategies, we do, but beyond that, I'm also talking about ways to shift, ways to grow, ways to change the way that you think about food and think about yourself, ways to unpack the messages that you get about your body and your food and the choices that you make and practices so you can learn how to hone your intuition, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I want to give you tools to begin to access your own inner wisdom so you stop seeking answers outside of yourself. That's old hat. That's old guard. We're moving into new territory where you stop permission seeking, where you stop asking internet strangers about what you should do with your body, what you're allowed to put in your mouth. None of that anymore you're going to learn how to access your own answers. So it's really, really, really for people who are struggling with knowing how to feed themselves. The question that I get asked a lot is, can men do this? It is a program that I had designed in mind for women. So there's some talk about women's hormones. Having said that, the food plan, all of the information is perfectly available and accessible to men. So if you want to join, it does not matter does not matter. You you can join. If you want to join, you have access to the program. You will benefit from it. I promise you that. So I want as many people to sign up for this program because as many people as possible, because I know it's going to change your life. I know it's going to change the way that you think about food. I know it's going to way that change the way that you fuel yourself. If you fuel yourself, you will feel better. If you fuel yourself, you will have more energy. You'll have more vibrancy. You'll have more clarity. And then you get to go out in the world and build out your dreams, build out your visions, achieve your goals, do all of the things that you want to do, be a better person, right? If we're completely depleted and under-resourced, how can we show up as our best self? The answer is we cannot, we can't do that. So fuel yourself appropriately. I see people come through this program and not only do they have more energy, but they have less confusion around food. They have less confusion around carbohydrates because they're better fueling themselves. They can do more things. They can climb mountains. Literally, I've had somebody talk about how she's scaling mountains after doing this program. They stop restricting their food. They lose weight if that's a goal, right? They lower their hemoglobin A1C. They lower inflammation in their body. They lower their risk for disease because they're lowering their inflammation. They're lowering lowering their A1C. This is like big stuff. So I love it. I'm proud of it. I want I want people to do this program because I want people to feel better. 
So with all of that said, go ahead and sign up. Link to it in the show notes. You can just go to my website, erinholthealth.com. You can access it from there. If you sign up soon, you will get access to my entire gut health bundle. So these are workshops that I've done about gut health, about digestion. We know how how important all of this stuff is, so I want to make sure that you have the resources to learn as much as you can. All right. So without much further ado, here's the conversation. Hello, 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 hello. I'm officially live. So used to live streaming in a lot of other places, but I don't do it on Instagram much. So I posted a call for questions about sugar and carbs, all that good stuff uh, a couple of days ago. And y'all hit me with a lot of cues. So I'm going to give you the A's to your cues today. Listen, I'm going to try to keep this video to about 20 minutes or so. Personally, my attention span kind of peters out after the 20 minute mark. So if I don't get to all of your questions in within 20 minutes, I'll just come back on a different day, Thursday, and make sure that I answer the rest of the questions that you have. I don't know if you listened to my podcast today, but it was a little sample of um, some of the live live stream coaching that I do in my carb compatibility project. And uh, I actually talked about sugar. I didn't even, that wasn't intention. That wasn't the plan, but I did mention sugar. So um, I see everyone's coming on. Hi, 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 hi. Um, If you have questions here, you can post them below. I'll try to get to them. I don't know how much they'll show me, but one of the big questions that I got was about sugar grams, as in like how many grams of sugar should I eat? How many grams of sugar should I have in a meal in a day? And I absolutely hate this question. Um, and I completely understand why people are asking this question. Don't get me wrong. This is, there's no shade here. I hate this question because it tells me a couple of things. One is that we've bought into the lie that somebody else is the expert on our body. It is not us. It is somebody else. It's the expert. It's the authority. Somebody else. We have to seek information and seek permission about what we can eat outside of ourselves. The other thing, the other lie that we've bought into is that there is like one magical answer when it comes to food and to diet and to nutrition. There's one magical answer. Like all I need to do is tell you the one piece of information that you're missing, right? We're all so fearful of like missing the important information. If I just tell you about this one little bitty thing, how many grams of sugar you need in a day, all of your problems will be solved. And unfortunately, it's just not that easy. And I'm never gonna lie to you. I'm never gonna lie to you and pretend that it's that easy because it isn't. It just, it isn't. And I know how many grams of sugar about I can have, right? I know that because I figured that out for myself. Nobody told me in all of my research, in all of my studies, and it's a lot over the past 15 years. Trust that. It's a lot. I have not uncovered the magical number. The only way that I know that is because I've given myself space to figure that out. And I've given myself permission to figure that out. And this is why in all of the my programs that I do, in all of the ways that you work with me, I'm always leading you back to yourself because you should be the leading authority on you. 
You should be the expert on your body. And we should have the tools to access this information ourselves. This is the problem. This is the missing link, right? Is that we've never been taught to do that. I am all for teaching you how to fuel yourself. I love to talk about food. I do, right? That's what the Carb Compatibility Project, my four-week nutrition program, is all about. It's teaching you the framework to fuel yourself. It's so important. It is so important, right? We need to know how to fuel ourselves. But we also need to know how to trust ourselves to make our own decisions when it comes to food. Listen, everyone that comes here is a smart cookie, right? We're all adults. We're all smart. We're all successful and capable in our own unique ways. And yet I have a lot of adult women asking permission, right? Seeking permission outside of themselves, running around to internet strangers saying, may I do this? Is this allowed? Can I have this? Think about how wild that is. I don't want to live like that, and I'm sure none of you do either. So it's really important to me that not only do I teach you how to eat, but I teach you how to trust yourself so you can continue to figure out how to eat. Here's a promise. I promise you this. Mark my words. There will always be a new diet. There will always be a new food fad. There will always be the dogma du jour when it comes to food right? That's not going to go away. And we're in an information fever pitch when it comes to nutrition information, right? The information is going to keep coming. You have to figure out how to take that information and run it through your own filters so you can generate your own answers. That is so important. In today's food climate, that is really, really important. So I always attempt to teach you how to do that. I want to give you the tools, so you can figure that out. So that question of how many grams of sugar, it's kind of, it's representative of a much larger problem. And uh, somebody even said, I was, I don't, I wish I had the box, but I don't. I was eating a creamsicle and I was like, these are legit. The ingredient list were, was awesome. So I, I shared it here and somebody said, well, that looks like a lot of sugar to me. How can you say that that's good for you? And I was like, huh, it's good for me because the ingredients are bang on and because I'm enjoying it. Boom. That's why it's good for me. But I looked at the, the sugar. It was 10 grams of sugar. And we have to like use some critical thinking too, right? We can't just like take everything so literal. We can't take everything at face value. We have to bring context into, into the discussion. It was a creamsicle. I don't eat them every day. I'm on like pseudo vacation. I wanted a cold treat. So I enjoyed a cold treat. It had 10 grams of sugar. That's it that's fine. That's fine for me. I actually have a kombucha right here. It's kind of jazzy, the blue one. And um, it reminds me of like the blue raspberry flavored stuff from the early 90s, like the ring pops and the blow pops. God, I loved those. Um, but it has 16 grams of sugar. I'm going to drink the whole thing and I'm going to be fine. I know I'm going to be fine because again, I've given myself permission and uh, time to figure this out. I also know that I do have a threshold for sugar. Um, so what is it? The coconut milk yogurt. I can't think of the brand name, but it has like 27, 30 grams of sugar per serving. And I know that when I eat that, I feel pretty achy and my joints kind of are sore the next day. So to me, that's like a little too much sugar in one setting. So we have to figure this out for ourselves, right? We're all different. Listen, even, you know, talking about blood sugar, even meal timing is different for some people. For some clients, I'm saying you got to eat every two hours. And for some clients, I'm being like, you got to leave five hours between each meal. It's so dependent upon 
you. If there's if somebody's having real dysglycemia, real low blood sugar issues, um, and there's some adrenal involvement, it makes sense for them to eat every few hours. Where if, if somebody's dealing with ongoing SIBO and has migrating motor complex issues, it makes more sense for them to try to space out their food. So it really depends on you, and you have to figure that out for yourself. Um, it's hard to know who to trust. It's hard to know who to trust because there's so many talking heads in the space and everybody's saying something different. A lot of people are kind of caught in an echo chamber saying the same stuff. And then there's people saying radically different things. As a consumer, it's wildly overwhelming. I am not gonna say it's not. It is hard to know, which is why we have to continue to come back to ourselves with everything, with everything, not just food. We have to have the ability to think critically and say, but does this apply to me? This person saying this, this person saying this, what's my truth? What makes sense for me? We've lost that ability. And unfortunately it's affecting our health. So, um, as a general rule, when it comes to sugar, I don't eat anything regularly that has added sugar for the most part. I just don't. Um, I experience sugar can be inflammatory, right? So that's kind of the issue with sugar is that it can be inflammatory. So if you have any type of inflammatory condition, you might find that sugar exacerbates that. Somebody had asked about sugar and eczema. She said that she noticed when she consumes more sugar, it flares her eczema, totally. Eczema is an inflammatory condition. Uh, acne can be an inflammatory condition. So we can see skin breakouts in these inflammatory conditions when we consume a lot of sugar because it's pro-inflammatory. Same deal with autoimmunity. Same deal with um, really any unchecked inflammation in the body, okay? So that's why it can be problematic. The other thing about sugar is that it tends to feed uh, bacteria and yeast in the gut, but it doesn't really have a whole lot of benefit. So, um, a lot, one of the questions that came up is like, what, like, what's the difference between cane sugar and sugar that you might find in fruit or within the context of a whole food, right? That whole food, that fruit sugar, the whole food, um, contains a lot of other nutrients and it contains fiber and those nutrients and that fiber is doing other things in your body. So if we just look at the gut, for example, if we just look at the microbiome, straight up sugar, like table sugar is going to feed uh, yeast species, it's going to feed uh, opportunistic bacterial, bacterial species um, without really providing any sustenance for the beneficial bacteria. Whereas if we eat fruit, sure, we're getting sugar, but we're also getting a lot of fibers that can feed the beneficial species. So it's really just about um, kind of, again, using that critical thinking and saying, you know, sugar is not sugar, is not sugar, is not sugar, is not sugar. It's like, what is the sugar packaged up with? Um, there was, I'm just go, I have my, the questions written out here, so I want to make sure. Um, I just, I just can't get behind the dichotomous thinking. There are a lot of people screaming from the roof, rooftops that sugar is so terrible. Sugar is so addictive. Sugar is like cocaine. And then there are people saying that sugar is absolutely fine. Why is everyone talking about sugar? Sugar is not addictive. And it's just like, you have to find your middle ground. That's a lot of what I was talking about on the podcast today. So I would, if you feel you're kind of caught between, um, the sugar wars, I would recommend listening to, to that podcast. 
Um, another interesting thing, and this didn't come in through Instagram, but I've, I've been getting it a lot in our email and our support inbox is moms reaching us out to us um, about working with their kiddos because their, their kiddos have gained weight over the past year. Now, I don't work with kids, so this is always a referral out, but what is really startling to me is that I can hear the diet culture rhetoric like come through the email. And the ultimate question is, what can you, know, can you work with my kid to lose weight? And I will say, never that. You got the wrong girl. Um, but it's really more like they're also asking, like, what diet, what diet should I put my kiddo on? And what what I am thinking about is not so much the diet, but we we all just went through a collective trauma. We're still going through it. And a lot of people use food as a way to comfort themselves. So uh, my question to these parents is more so. What it, what are the what are the soothing practices your child has to cope with a tremendous tremendous amount of stress? Have those been put in place? If they haven't, then maybe your kiddo is using food as a way to take care of themselves, and maybe the issue the question isn't what diet should I put my kid on to lose weight, but how can we build out more support structure for the kiddo? Or a lot of us have been trapped inside in front of screens, right, for like a year. Maybe the question we ask is, how do we move our bodies? How do we get out of doors? How do we connect with the things that bring health versus should I restrict sugar for my kid? Um, we also should ask the question, whenever I think about um, children and weight gain or childhood obesity, I always think about toxins too. We can't just look to diet. It's very easy to let diet be the scapegoat, but there's so many other factors when it comes to our health. And I've been talking a lot about um, household toxins and phthalates specifically, and the fact that they're ob considered obesogens because of the way that they disrupt insulin signaling. So we talk about sugar, we talk about carbs, we talk about blood sugar regulation. This has to come into the picture as well. Um, Especially when children are exposed to these chemicals starting at a young age, they're more likely to have dis, um, uh, disruption with their metabolism, right? So it, maybe it's not what diet should I put my kid on to lose weight, but like, hey, maybe we take a look around the house and say how we can make this a more supportive, safe, healthy environment, right? Um, along those same lines... Let's see. The the uh, somebody had asked about sugar being addictive, and for some people, yeah, sugar can feel really addictive. Not for everybody. I find that if you have the the for the most part, this is a generalization. The least amount of food rules you have, the least amount of restriction you have around food, um, the less likely you are to feel like something has a stronghold over you, the less likely you are, you are to feel like something is really addictive. Um, so just keep that in mind. If you feel that you're restricting in any part of your life, that that might manifest as feeling addictive to, or addicted to certain foods. Um, she, she said, I can't stop binging. But there is a sugar dopamine connection. So sugar makes our brains feel really good. And when we get dopamine, that, that feel-good reward neurotransmitter, once that gets lit up, we're like, we want more of it. We want more of it. That's why we're all on our phones all of the time, right? Like, give me those dopamine rewards. So sugar can do the same exact thing. Um, so there is a little bit of a... Um, of a my, uh, 
I was gonna say neurochemical, yeah, neurochemical interaction with sugar in that it makes us feel good. Sugar can make us feel good. And if you don't have a whole lot of things in your life that make you feel good, sugar's a really easy way to feel good temporarily. Um, and again, we can't discount this absolute wild year we've all had, right? And if you haven't had a lot of outlets, you know, like I know as a parent, as a working parent, it's been bonkers. It's been absolutely bonkers, right? There hasn't been a whole lot of things that make me feel good. So sugar can easily be a substitute for some, for some folks. Um, there's also another reason that sugar can sometimes make us feel like we're coming back for more is has a lot to do with blood sugar regulation. So what happens like biochemically is that we eat sugar or we eat refined carbohydrates, which is eventually breaks down into sugar, right? Like let's say you eat a bagel and we get this sugar spike in our blood, glucose rises, and then we have insulin that gets released and it comes and it takes the sugar out of our blood and then we can drop down. Sometimes insulin overshoots. We can have like a low blood sugar episode. Whenever we have a low blood sugar episode, that's going to stimulate our brain to seek out more things. And maybe it's caffeine, maybe it's food. Oftentimes it's sugar for that quick fix. So there is, I wouldn't say an addictive quality, but there is this um, stimulus to keep us coming back for more. So we eat the sugar, we get the high, then we get the crash. We eat the sugar, we get the high, we get the crash. We eat the sugar, we get, you know, we get the high and then we get the crash. This is the standard American diet. This is the diet that most of us were brought up on, right? I was just talking about freaking blow pops, okay? Blow pops and Cheez-Its were my jam in the 90s. So, you know, I get it. We were all kind of groomed on, on this highly refined, high sugar, low nutritional value diet for the most part that sets us up for blood sugar dysregulation. And so it's a little bit of a cycle that we have to break. And that's quite literally why I created the Carb Compatibility Project is to break that cycle. I found when working with clients one-on-one -on -one over the past, you know, almost 10 years, I found that what I was doing for the first month or more with people is helping them to regulate their blood sugar. If you can't regulate your blood sugar, good luck doing anything else. All of your other health goals, including just getting more energy or losing weight or getting fit or getting good thyroid balance or hormonal balance, none of that can work if you have blood sugar highs and lows. So this needs to be evened out. And I just found that that was the place that I had to start with everybody, which is why I turned it into a program. Because I'm like, everybody needs help with this. Everybody does. I designed the CCP not because I like to talk about carbs all the time, but because people truly, truly need a framework to work within to figure out how to regulate their blood sugar so they can feel good. If we feel good in our bodies, we get to go out in the world and be better people. It's generally how it works. All right, so I just hit the 20 minute mark. I did not get to all of your questions. We still need to talk about candida. We have to talk about diabetes, both type one and type two. Uh, we have to talk about sugar substitutes. What I'm gonna do is come back on Thursday and do this. Um, like I said, 20 minutes is usually the cutoff point for a lot of folks. So I will post a call for questions. And if you have more questions, more than happy to chat with you again on Thursday. I hope you're all having a decent week. And how do I end this thing? Let's figure this out.
Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.